Hello, welcome to Locked on Sharks, the premier hockey podcast of your favorite team in the Bay Area. And on today's episode, we're going to continue our Get to Know the Enemy series and look as we look through all the teams in the Pacific to start getting ready for the 2022-2023 season. And we finish off our tour through Canada by stopping in Edmonton and seeing what's going on in Oilers Nation. So all that and more on today's episode of Locked on Sharks. Your Locked On Sharks, your daily podcast on the San Jose Sharks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, J.D. Young, contributor at Fear the Fin and San Jose Hockey Now. I want to, of course, thank you guys for making us your first listen. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts. And, of course, you can subscribe on YouTube. And today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline has got you covered this uh, season with more props, odds, and lines there before. BetOnline, where the game starts. And today we are joined by one Brett Holden of Locked on Oilers, who's going to help us uh, figure out what's going on up in there in Edmonton. And if they're just Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl and nothing more. So, Brett, how are you doing today, buddy? Uh, not too bad. Getting my uh, daily Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl fix. It's, uh, you know, just the normal day. How about you? <laughs> not too bad. I do you, you just have a, a plethora of like, oh, today I feel like a little, you know, Connor McDavid versus uh, an entire team today. Or, you know, just watching him do stupid things all the time and that works out. It's great, right? Exactly. Yeah. No, you get the highlights that come up on YouTube and you're like, oh, I guess that's the one today. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's the one. Yes. Uh, it's like on Netflix when it's like just randomized. Just I want the random <laughs> Conor McDavid highlight, please. Exactly, yeah. Just a playlist, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. I'm sure that would do a bajillion views. Okay, so Edmonton, of course, last year uh, finished second in the uh, the Pacific, 104 points, uh, made it to the Western Conference Finals, where they lost uh, to the eventual champion Colorado Avalanche. And, of course, they had some big questions going into this offseason. So let's start with that. I mean, you know, of course, they're – very much up against the cap. Uh, looking at cap friendly right now, they are about six million dollars in the red right now that they're gonna have to cut before the season. So, how was let's let's kind of start. What, what was kind of the big move for the Oilers this offseason? Well, the biggest move is uh, I'm going with Greg McHagg. No, I'm just kidding. The biggest <laughs> move, the biggest move for the Edmonton Oilers this summer has been Jack Campbell. Honestly, now the Edmonton Oilers have a goaltender. I mean, the amount of times during the playoffs where you sat there and you just went, if you, if the Edmonton Oilers had a goaltender who respected angles, <laughs> it would be a totally different game. It would be a different series. It'd be a different outcome, but. They didn't. You saw in the JT Comfer goal right out of the, the the penalty box. You see just how much of the net Mike Smith gave him. And you're just like, this is this is going in. My my peewee coach was scoring this. It, it, it now the Edmonton Oilers have Jack Campbell, who is uh, not maybe the most technical goaltender ever, but a guy who does respect his angles, respects his his goaltending technique in, in general. So that's that's really going to help the Oilers. And that's been the biggest move. And plus with Jack Campbell, he's played with Darnell Nurse, Zach Hyman. He's played with a bunch of guys already on the team now and has been training with the guys as well. He's coming to Edmonton early. 
yeah, this is a big, big move for the Edmonton Oilers, especially one that they haven't really seen over the last X amount of years. Yeah, I mean, and we as Sharks fans, I mean, we we saw going from Martin Jones, who is god awful, one of the worst goaltenders, and to like James Reimer, who's like a league average goalie. Just how much that does for you. So if you're going from yeah. Mike Smith to you know an above average goalie and Jack Campbell, that that that's that's going to do a lot. So. Then, of course, I mean, the big question is they still have some salary to cut. I know they they re-signed uh, Paul Yarvey. Um, you know, they, they brought back uh, Vander Kane, who we're not going to talk too much about on this episode, unfortunately. Um, you know, they, they kind of brought the band back together for the most part, right? Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, there was a lot of conversation on if Puyarvi was going to be out, if he was going to be in. If he was in, how much are you going to be giving him? Is he going to be a top six guy? Is he going to be a top nine guy? There's a lot of questions around there. Now, like you mentioned, the Edmonton Oilers do are against the cap a little bit. So now the question is, was that a sign and trade with Puyarvi? Now we're down the road. And now you're sitting there going, probably not. Warren Fogle's sitting with a $2.75 million contract, and he's currently sitting on a projected fourth line, and he isn't really producing for a $2.75 million player. And then you have a guy like Tyson Berry, who is not a forward, but he sits with a $4.5 million deal. So you're sitting there going, okay, you got, you got some space to clear out now the Edmonton Oilers are lucky with the LTIR situation where they have both uh, Mike Smith and uh, Oscar Clefbaum uh, my love goes out to him uh, he uh, he the Edmonton Oilers have cap space in that regard but now they're about I believe 2.7 or so over so now they have to go and make a move and what happens now so that that that's kind of the biggest question mark or the biggest mm, what now for the Edmonton Oilers is is it Puliyarvi is it Fogel is it Barry is it some sort of lever that uh, uh, Kenny Holland can pull in order for them to get extra cap space and just maybe swing in a, a Phil Kessel or a PK Subban whatever that may be or just to get cap cap compliant they also have to re-sign Ryan McLeod as well still so still work to be done for the Oilers and it depends on who's the next one out yeah I mean you know that that's um, yeah, looking up and down cap friendly, I was like, well, you can't move like, yeah, there, there is all the guys that you that could like save you money. You don't want to move those guys because those yeah. are key pieces. So, yeah, you guys, it's going to be interesting. I think a lot of teams are going to be kind of in the same spot too, especially like the Sharks themselves. You know, where they 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 have three goalies right now. They're, I think they're kind of waiting for training camp to get going and stuff. So, um, I assume that means uh, Stuart Skinner, who the Sharks did see. Um, and got he got his nice nice shutout, I think, I believe, against the Sharks and hit like one of his first games. He's gonna yeah. be the backup for backing up behind Campbell. Yes, yes, he will be. Good old Edmonton kid, uh, Southside Athletic Club kid. He's he's gonna be the guy. And a lot of people are really excited about him too. The thing too with Skinner is that the question marks for the Edmonton Oilers goaltending depth mm. as well has always been there. And Stuart Skinner has just always been the constant top goaltender for the Oilers. So now is is his time to shine. It seems like it's gonna be a 60-30 split between him and or 60. 20 split. I'm not good at math. Uh, <laughs> 22, somewhere like there that. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, it seems like it'll be somewhere around there. Yeah. All right. Before we continue uh, with our Get to Know the Enemy series and kind of look at some of the big questions heading into training camp for the Oilers, let's take a quick break. 
Um, talk to you guys, of course, about our friends over at Bet Online. You guys know BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to check in all your betting needs, find all your favorite sports, events, number one online source for odds, lines, and games, uh, and more. You can find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, even golf. They've got you covered right now for uh, preseason football. If you're a real degenerate Ooh. and want to gamble on that, Godspeed. Uh, BetOnline continues to be the online, top online resource for your favorite sports with information from live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts. They've got you covered. So head over to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening now. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right. So Edmonton is kind of in one of those like cup or bust modes, you know, type of situations where it's, you know, this kind of feels like the culmination of, of all that hard work. And we saw this with the abs, you know, where it's, you're kind of building and building and building and it finally paid off last year. And, you know, the, the, it feels like this is going to be the year or else you have to start ripping this thing apart here soon because you just, you can't afford to keep paying these contracts. So um, heading into this season, I mean, is that the biggest question for them is what can they do to get themselves ready for, to try to win a cup this year? Yeah, basically, it, it, it is basically maybe not a uh, cover bus this season, but for the next four seasons, basically until Connor McDavid's contract runs out here, the Edmonton Oilers and uh, Connor McDavid have about three years left on his deal or uh, four years, excuse me, left on his deal, three on Leon's. And now you, you, you see the deals as well. We weren't going to mention Kane, but Kane's contract is four years going up to his uh, going up to uh, Connor McDavid's deal. Uh, Brett Cooper. Kulak, who re-signed, goes four years, also goes up to that deal. Uh, Jack Campbell goes five years, that extra year just after as well. Uh, Zach Hyman goes seven, a couple of years just past. So everything kind of goes to that last year of Connor McDavid. And so now you're seeing the stockpiling of the picks. The Edmonton Oilers, or the players, excuse me. The Oilers mm. have basically two top lines in uh, top, yeah, 1A, 1B lines for uh, the top six. And that's that's really what the Edmonton Oilers are, are really trying to stock up for is, yeah, that Stanley Cup within the next four years for sure. I mean, like you said, they were, went to the Western Conference Finals. Naturally, the next step is the Stanley Cup Finals. But you got to win a game first in the Western <laughs> Conference Finals. Um, it, it kind of feels like there's really not too much in, in actual training camp battles for this team. It feels like everything's pretty well set, right? I mean, maybe the bottom it, six kind of rotating here or some of the defense, but, I mean, it, it's, it feels that almost set. Yeah, no, uh, the, the thing will be is who leaves – to make that cap space because yeah. if if it's uh, Tyson Berry well now you have that's a very big piece to lose one of the biggest point distributors i guess from mm. the back end over the last few years is Tyson Berry that's not an easy replacement to find yes the Edmonton Oilers are probably going to have a guy like Philip Broberg come in you saw guys like Marcus Niemelainen come into the lineup for the Edmonton Oilers sometimes and he did pretty well but there seems to be a name that keeps coming up here. And this is this was one of the names that I was going to keep tucked away for a little bit. But you brought up a good point here is uh, it, it, the position battle. And that is that seventh, sixth defenseman for the Edmonton Oilers. Seems like Slater Cuckoo is going to be potentially back. Is he a guy who's going to be seventh round or seventh guy? No, not necessarily. And especially with 
the insecurity or inconsistency, I guess, from Slater Cuckoo. The name that's really been tossed around within the organization is Vincent DeHarnay. Now, I don't blame you for not knowing Vincent <laughs> yeah. DeHarnay. He was a seventh-round draft pick by the Edmonton Oilers in 2016. That was the same year they picked Yesa Pugliarvi. So that tells you how long this kid's been marinating. He's like 26 years old already, 25. He was picked as an overager. He went to college, signed an AHL deal, and mm. I'm going to say this once. I'm going to pause for dramatic effect and then <laughs> yes. bring it back together. He is six foot seven, 230 pounds. That's a big boy. Yeah, six foot seven, 230 pounds. He's a big defenseman. He came back and really worked on his five on five and penalty killing. Well, guess who he really worked on that with? Hmm. Jay Woodcroft and Dave Manson. Those are the two guys who are really running the Edmonton Oilers right now. And those are the two guys who are really pumping his name. So I think Vincent DeHarnay is going to get a very, very long look in training camp. That's good. Yeah. I mean, uh, the Sharks, they, they, they drafted someone this year, uh, Eli Barnett, who's like six foot six and uh, he plays it for the Victoria Grizzlies. And yeah, he's, oh, yeah. he's heading to his college route. Uh, uh, but yeah, those, those, those are, that's a big boy. You don't, you need like two strides and you're halfway across the ice. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Right. Well, could you imagine coming in and Marcus Niemelainen as well as yeah. six foot six too. Yeah. Could you imagine coming in and you're taking a look? Oh, Marcus Niemelainen. Oh, cool. They are now. Oh, cool. I'm going to skate to the bench actually. Yeah. <laughs> like, gonna... you know, Thomas Borlo is not the, the tallest guy in the world. He's going you know, <laughs> to have to look up to those after he exactly. scores and talks, uh, talks a little, little trash after that. But yeah, uh, it, the score will be six to one, but that one goal is going to be pretty sweet by Bordalo. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's, let's talk about Woodcroft and how, how much he changed this team once he kind of took over. Cause I mean, the Oilers were, were kind of in the middle of the pack, you know, and then he took over and it was like, they found their defensive structure and the, the team really clicked. What, what do you think it is that, that helped this team to kind of reach that Western conference finals? There's a couple things, honestly, and the first thing comes from a quote from uh, who Jay Woodcroft calls the Swiss Army knife of the Edmonton Oilers, and that's Derek Ryan. Derek Ryan said after uh, Jay Woodcroft came in, after the Edmonton Oilers clinched a playoff spot, he, they said what uh, basically this exact question, what is the difference basically between Jay Woodcroft and Dave Tippett? Well, when the Edmonton Oilers weren't doing well under Dave Tippett, all the really the message was, was you got to be better. You got to be better. You just, you, you got to do better. Well, no kidding. We're losing games. We're not doing it because we're playing well. What are we doing wrong that the other team is taking advantage of? Well, Jay Woodcroft came in and said, okay, listen, Derek Ryan, you're not Connor McDavid. You're not scoring 50 goals. You're not scoring 30 goals. You're hardly scoring 10. But that's okay. That's not the player you are. So let's put you in a position that will actually help you and the team succeed. He saw that in guys like Ryan McLeod, who he had worked with in Bakersfield as well. Put him on the penalty kill when Dave Tippett would not put him on the penalty kill and made Ryan McLeod a full 200-foot player. He, same thing with Kyler Yamamoto. He had that familiarity and threw him in there. Evan Bouchard. Those are three guys who played under Jay Woodcroft who have really excelled 
in the Edmonton Oilers uh, lineup ever since Jay Woodcroft came in. Plus, on top of it, now they're running a whole new system in 11-7 with, uh, well, the 11 forwards and seven defensemen. And it mm. kind of runs a little bit more fluid. Now you can get Connor McDavid out a little bit more. Now you can get Leon Dreisaitl out a little bit more. You don't need to do that? Okay, sounds good. I'm going to throw out a couple of guys who's going to kill the play defensively and move the puck forward like a guy like Ryan McLeod, a Dylan Holloway, a Yesapo. ERV, a Devin Shore, a Matthias Janmark now. He really forces that new type of fluid, fast type of game. It's almost like a lacrosse game almost, or lacrosse <laughs> change for uh, Jay Woodcroft and the Edmonton Oilers. It's, it's, it's quite interesting to see, to be honest. Gotcha. All right. What's this team's biggest strength? This is just Connor McDavid scoring a bajillion goals. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, basically. But their biggest strength and what's their biggest weakness? Biggest think? biggest strength has to be the top six. I kind of referred to it earlier as uh, two top lines. The Edmonton Oilers have a line 1A and a line 1B. You're always going to have either Connor McDavid or Leon Dreisaitl kind of on the line in the most important minutes. And you're going to have a first line of Evander Kane, Connor McDavid, Kyler Yamamoto, or Ryan Nugent Hopkins, uh, Leon Dreisaitl, and uh, Zach Hyman. Those are basically top lines on a lot of other teams around the league. And that's exciting. Connor McDavid is a perennial 100, 105 point guy. He's good. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty decent if you haven't heard of him. Uh, no. Leon Dreisaitl, a perennial 45, 50 goal guy. Like, and that's a guy who's supposed to be on your, your second line center. That's exciting, and so that's where the Edmonton Oilers have their strength. They're very and then you top also line. have the in case breaking case of glass, you can just throw them together, and then it's like cool, <laughs> yeah, yeah, sounds good. <laughs> it looks like my defensemen are playing 35 minutes tonight, that's awesome, yeah, yeah no, exactly. You, you, like you said, it's the break the case, and look at what they did with Leon Dreisaitl on one foot in the playoffs. It, both of them were the top two point getters in the playoffs last year. So there, there you go. Exactly that. Uh, on the other end, their biggest, well, weakness, I was going to say not strength. Uh, their <laughs> biggest weakness is uh, the defense. Uh, it's really up in the air. Like we mentioned, just is Tyson Berry going to come in? Is he, or is he going to stay? If he does stay, does now Philip Broberg become not necessarily the guy, but now he becomes a guy as if the Edmonton Oilers are going to do well defensively, it's going to come down to Philip Broberg because now he's being thrown into the lineup. Is he ready for the NHL? Is this Vincent DeHarnay guy going to be making the team? Is it going to be, uh, it's really questionable after Darnell Nurse and Cody Cece. They lose Duncan Keith, which on the surface is like, oh, whatever, it's Duncan Keith. But Duncan Keith brought a lot of stuff not only on the ice, but off the ice as well. A great puck mover. He taught so much, really mentored Evan Bouchard as well to really show him what it's like to be a pro in the league. And that's a tough guy to lose. So, I, I mean, I should say probably the goaltending, and that would have been the, the answer for a couple <laughs> of years previously, but <sighs> thankfully it's not. <laughs> All right, before we get into uh, the best case, worst case scenarios for the Oilers and some other young guys to look at, just want to let you guys know, of course, about Locked On NHL. When you guys are done, check out this one. Make sure you guys go check out Locked On NHL. They're still pumping out content five days a week, even though we're down to three. They still have you covered uh, every day. They're doing their uh, division-by-division division power rankings, so make sure you guys go check that out as well. 
uh, wherever you get podcasts, and of course, subscribe on YouTube. So, worst case, best case for the Oilers. Worst case, I'll start with worst case because hopefully it's the least likely. Um, but uh, it'll be missing the playoffs. If the Edmonton Oilers miss the playoffs, it's just complete anarchy up here. It, it's, it's, <laughs> it's not going to be good. Definitely a very calm, uh, understanding fan base in Edmonton. When <laughs> oh yeah, oh certainly, yeah. Yes. We we're we're definitely known as the the best fan base around here. Uh, yeah, no, it's it's it, it'll be bad if the Ed if we don't make the playoffs or the Edmonton Oilers don't make the playoffs. Us Edmontonians and Albertans in general are just, it, it's not going to be pretty. Um, but that well, before, so do you think it would be if like Jack Campbell gets hurt and then it's because there's basically nothing behind Campbell? Is that I, I think that would probably be the if if he goes out for a long stretch, that's that's probably right there, right? Yeah, it's, it's, Stuart Skinner would have to j- basically become Jordan Bennington or, or something like that without the, the crybabiness, but hopefully, yeah, exactly <laughs> on ice. Well, on ice. basically, yeah. increase uh, uh, Jordan Bennington because after he loses that crease, then it's uh, you never it's, know, it's yeah, yeah, but uh, that hey, we do have Calvin Picard backing up <laughs> yes. for the end of the month, if you so need a goalie, I got like 50 of them, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let us know about James, uh, but yeah. That that's the absolute uh, the worst case scenario. I think, it, like you said, something major would have to go wrong. It seems mm. like, and and but but that is the worst case. The best case scenario is well, <laughs> my my inner childhood is gleaming right now because <laughs> the best case scenario is that the Edmonton Oilers win the Stanley Cup. Yeah. I mean, you have Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl. You have a very, very good defenseman in, in Darnell Nurse. You have a lot of guys. I mean, wouldn't you love to see uh, all all things aside? Wouldn't you love to see Zach Hyman lift the cup over his head and just his smile and stuff like Ryan Nugent Hopkins, a guy who's had to suffer through the worst of the worst of this dang organization just to finally get it off his chest it would just be kind of one of those things where a lot of nice stories kind of came out of it a jack campbell who's smiling you know stuff like that and just uh, the edmonton oilers are good (laughs) let's get that out of the way the edmonton oilers on paper are good they are basically the the not necessarily stanley cup favorites but they're up there yeah i mean i'm looking at battle line right now i mean we're recording this you know uh beginning of august and i mean yeah they're plus 1800 they're i think fifth six or one two three four five six seventh odds um the second they're second in the west i mean behind they're basically behind the abs who are of course the on, odds on favorites um yeah. but yeah it's it's them it's the kings the wild but yeah knights so i don't think the knights are i think they're they're already starting to anyway uh <laughs> that's for another Wait, podcast. the kings are on there the Kings are, yeah, uh, as of right now, the Kings are at plus 2,000. So huh. they're good. They're young and good, those Kings. Um, they are. They are. So you mentioned a couple young guys. Is there any other young guys that the Sharks fans should keep an eye on as that could be uh, potential names to, you know, kind of start popping up once the season gets going? 
Yeah, Dylan Holloway. Dylan Holloway is the name for me. I, I was going to say Vincent Deharnay. I was thinking of, of giving a show to Philip Broberg. As mentioned, if the Edmonton Oilers defensive core is going to be stable, it's going to be because Philip Broberg's ready for the NHL. That's mm-hmm. kind of the mm, maybe. It's going to be Dylan Holloway because, like we mentioned, the first two lines of the Edmonton Oilers are great. Then it gets down to the third line, and then who plays on the third line? Well, you got Ryan McLeod, who's not under contract yet, but I haven't spoken to one person yet who hasn't gone, I like, I don't like Ryan McLeod. Everybody yeah. loves Ryan McLeod up here. You see his hockey smile, and you love him. Uh, then it becomes, okay, it's probably going to be Yesapoli Arvi if he doesn't move. And then who? Well, Dylan Holloway, who's played a couple minutes, a swift couple of minutes <laughs> in game four of the Western Conference final against the Colorado Avalanche. And a lot of Oilers fans were not happy about it because everybody wanted Dylan Holloway in the lineup. He brings a lot of speed. He's a fantastic skater. He can hit, he can shoot the puck, he can play a full 200 foot game. And he's only 20 years old. There's a lot to like about Dylan Holloway. He really fits the Edmonton Oilers mold of playing fast and playing hard. And it's it's really exciting. He's going to be potentially one of the stories of the season for the Edmonton Oilers. Hopefully it doesn't turn into a Tyler Benson type situation, (laughs) but I don't even want to get into that. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, especially when you have so much money tied up in McDavid and dry settle, you need these guys who are on these rookie deals or on these low contracts outperform, you know, and again, when you're having to play, behind dry saddle and, and McDavid, it kind of eases things up for you a little bit too. So um, that's good. Good to know. Um, who do you think is the wild card player for the, for the Oilers next year? So like the guy who's like kind of the make or break guy for them, you think? I guess I, I mentioned his name now, but it's Philip Broberg. It's got to be Philip Broberg. If he's NHL ready, and if he's the player, the ha- not even half the player, but if he's the player that Jay Woodcroft and the Edmonton Oilers organization keep pumping him up to be, he's going to be special. And he's going to be very, very good. And the thing is, is whether or not he is NHL ready. He's played and marinated down in the AHL for a little bit. He came off an injury last year, so makes sense. But he's a big body. He can skate. He he can command the ice. If the Edmonton Oilers defense, like we mentioned, is going to be solid and going to be in a place where the Edmonton Oilers can win games and steal games because of defensive not necessarily lapses, but recovering from those defensive lapses. It's going to be because Philip Broberg instills that confidence within the team. He can he can hit as well, along with his his very solid frame. So it, it's Philip Broberg for me, another young name as well. All right. Where do the Oilers finish in the Pacific? Number, Number one, one, baby. Yeah. Number one. I normally you throw that out there and you're like, ah, it's it's the fandom, you know. Yeah. It, Calgary yeah. didn't get any better. Exactly. Calgary didn't get any better. The LA Kings, uh, as you mentioned, young, good team, but not better than the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, the Golden Knights are 
<laughs> Who knows, buddy? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Vancouver Canucks are, uh, they got better, but they're not going to be uh, better than the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, we know about the Sharks as well. I think, I, I don't mind the Sharks. I, I, I oh, they're going to be the worst. They're, yeah, they're, they're going to be the worst team in the Pacific. And I think they're going to be one of the five <laughs> worst teams in the NHL next year. I've already, oh, like, wow. Yeah. Um, not the first time I've said this, but yeah, they are. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I tried. I tried. I no, it's fine. Try. It's fine. I, I'm, I'm, I'd rather. I've. I have my eyes on my own version of Connor McDavid, and his name is Connor Bedard. And I am ready. <laughs> I'm ready for Eklund to just be slinging passes to Bedard for the next 15 years. But um, yeah, yeah so. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree with you there. I think this is Edmonton's division to lose. Um, you have the two best players in the division by far, and they, if you know, if Campbell can kind of help to, you know, kind of make the goalie an actual goalie, uh, the goalie situation, if they can actually, be, if he can be a real goalie, um, yeah. you know, I think that's that's going to do wonders, and it's going to make your your defense help kind of cover for the, the deficiencies in the defense there. So. And yeah, I'm with you with there. I, you know, Calgary, they took a step back. I think they're they're probably still in a playoff hunt. I think the Kings are gonna be in the, a playoff team. Um, but there's probably still another year away before they're really kind of contending. Um the Golden Knights, I think, I think it's the start the beginning of the end, which I claimed last year, and Knights fans laughed at me. And I was like, Hey, I've seen this story before in San Jose. It's literally <laughs> the exact same thing that's going on. Um, yeah, yeah. but in I like all the other teams, the Kraken are gonna be much better, like. Yeah, the Pacific is going to be fun this year. It's going to be way oh, better. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when, yeah, when you have Wright and Beniers to start your your franchise, that's that's pretty solid. <laughs> it, so. I'm excited about the crack, and they're going to be an interesting. I'm really excited to see Maddie Beniers for a full season as well. I love Matt. Other other than Eklund, Matty Beniers is like my favorite player in that draft. So I'm, I'm yeah. really excited. For, I'm excited for him. And then yeah, getting Shane Wright at number four was uh, ridiculous. So yeah. <laughs> crazy literally crazy you're sitting there going is he gonna keep going what yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. yeah brett where can the people find you you can find me personally at the real holden 40 on all social medias but you don't care about me you care about the oilers and uh, you can find locked on oilers on twitter at locked on oilers exactly how it sounds and on youtube as well if you haven't subscribed yet onto our youtube it's just locked on oilers you can find us there and our uh, podcast is free and available wherever you find your podcasts and whatever i always hear people like list off a whole bunch of them i don't know what podcasting platforms there are whatever podcasting flat platform they're all there use, yes it's right there yeah locked on oilers that's where you can find me and of course, you can find uh, the Sharks at Locked On Sharks on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Um, wherever you get podcasts like Apple, Spotify, and Odyssey, um, go listen there. YouTube as well. Please subscribe if you haven't done already. And then you can find me on Twitter at my Fryhole. Uh, make sure you guys go check out the Locked On NHL show. And we'll be back next week. Uh, I have uh, Sharks uh, goalie prospect Mason Bopet uh, next week. Ooh. So um, make sure you guys check that out. Bye, friends.